Welcome back, friends. Happy New Year. Welcome back to the Corbett Report. I am James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. It is 2023, and you're tuned into Solutions Watch. Welcome back, everyone. And after that nice, restful, restful, (laughs) leisurely break, I thought it would be nice to start off the year with something fun, something creative, something hopeful, something that doesn't make you want to slash your wrists at the terrible things that are being done to us. Oh, poor us. No, 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 no. Of course, Solutions Watch is about the things that you can do to change your life and to change the world for the better, things that you can do to empower yourself, things that you can do to flip the script, change the narrative, take control back into your own hands. So let's do precisely that. And I want to highlight a uh, an interesting, fun little idea that came via uh, Vinny Caggiano, of course, my my guitar teacher, my co-host of the Bandwidth Kaleidoscope Ears vodcast that we do, uh, examining Beatles music theory, um, usually on a monthly basis. I hope we get one out this month. But more importantly, my good friend who does email me ideas and tips and things like that. And recently, just in the past few days, he emailed me this. I found this to be amusing and another sign of how, when human beings are limited, they tend to produce more and more creative solutions. Along the lines of Ryan Christian's pirated YouTube idea, uh, Chris Chappelle of China Uncensored on Odyssey created a YouTube channel called Gamers Unbeaten. It's presented like a typical video game channel, but within it, he embeds his mini-documentaries of material that's usually censored. I don't really know how this gets past the algorithms, but it's apparently working. This is kind of funny. As the video begins, it comes off as typical gaming stuff. Then, at about three minutes in, he starts talking about geopolitics. It's actually kind of cool. I thought you'd get a kick out of this idea. All right, thank you for sending that in, Vinny. I do indeed get a kick out of the idea of this. Completely abstracted from the content of China Uncensored and blah, 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 whatever. That's not what this is about. This is about the idea of inserting real geopolitical or economic or uh, controversial matters into a video game review. It's just a video game review, guys. I like that kind of idea, that energy, that sort of playing um, with, obviously, the stupid algorithms that are not artificially intelligent, are not thinking for themselves, are looking for keywords, and are trained on certain ideas that you can easily circumvent if you put your mind to it, at least for the time being. And this idea that Vinny sent me, and of course I'll include the link to the video about uh, Street Fighter. It's about Street Fighter, guys, but it's actually about geopolitics and economics and what have you. It's a, it's a nice little idea, so I'll send you that, uh, that link to that video if you're interested in checking that out. But more importantly, let's start examining that concept of getting around censorship in creative ways. Truth will find a way, right? This puts in my mind immediately a couple of examples that I know that I have seen in the past couple of decades of doing this work that I thought might be important to highlight here as other examples of the ways that this can be done. And one comes from a story from a few years ago that I am certain, I swear, that James Evan Pilato and myself, we covered this on New World Next Week, or at least mentioned it at some point, but for the life of me, I can't find that particular episode right now, but Trust me, I'm sure we mentioned this. Anyway, it's the idea of the uncensored library. Never heard of the uncensored library? Well, go to uncensoredlibrary.com and you can find the uncensored library, the digital home of press freedom. And if you want, there's a little 
handy dandy film here that you can watch um, that talks about the concept. And it's about a Minecraft library, a game where millions of what? And if you want the uh, the info on this, you can scroll down and read more about this. In many countries, websites, social media, and blogs are controlled by oppressive leaders. Like in the West? Young people, in particular, are forced to grow up in systems where their opinion is heavily manipulated by governmental disinformation campaigns. But even where almost all media is blocked or controlled, the world's most successful computer game is still accessible. Reporters Without Borders uses this loophole to bypass internet censorship to bring back the truth within Minecraft. And so it goes on to elaborate on March 12th, I believe that's 2020, but correct me if I'm wrong, the World Day Against Cyber Censorship, the uncensored library opened its doors, providing access to independent information to young people around the world through a medium they can playfully interact with. Journalists from five different countries now have a place to make their voices heard again, despite having been banned, jailed, exiled, and even killed. Their forbidden articles were republished in books within Minecraft, giving the readers the chance to inform themselves about the real political situation in their countries and learn the importance of press freedom. All right, I'll leave you to explore this uh, further if you're interested. Myself, I'm not a gamer. I've never even tried Minecraft, so I'm vaguely aware of what it is. But anyway, the concept should be there. Within the game, they have built this library which you can go as a character in the game and you can read the books in the library and these books are filled with information that is being oppressed or censored. Now, once again, let's let's stress this for the heart of thinking. This is not about reporters without borders. It is not about what particular things they think are being censored and by whom and the, what they have chosen to put up on a pedestal. Obviously, I'm going to assume they're not uh, standing up for people speaking out against the COVID scandemic and things like that. But at any rate, again, the idea is an interesting idea. Yeah, okay, everyone around the world has access to this game and no one's thinking... The censors aren't particularly looking at, oh, uh, in this game, we're going to censor this game because within it, there's a virtual library that you can read that might have uncensored information. Now, now that that idea is out in the open, now, of course, that is something that I'm sure various governmental authorities are looking at and are finding ways to try to circumvent. But the point is, this is an arms race and it's a constant thing and it will never end and it will always be a game of cat and mouse. But the mouse can always find corners to scurry into, can always find ways around. As uh, they go on to say on the uh, Uncensored Library uh, website, the hashtag truth finds a way. And again, whatever Reporters Without Borders thinks is the truth. At any rate, that is a nice concept that I will appropriate for my own purposes. Yes, truth finds a way, and there are creative and fun ways to deal with this. One more example that comes to mind immediately for me was the whole saga of DVD-CCA-V Bunner and DVD-CCA versus V Pavlovich, whatever. Um, you might know this better as the DCCS, DCSS code fiasco. And if you don't know anything about that, then I would suggest you look up about CSS, which was a type of uh, copy protection management code that was invented, I believe, in 1996 and started to be applied to commercial DVDs so that you needed to license this CSS encryption code thing in order to 
be able to play a DVD. And so that was included in DVD players and what have you, but that left a problem for things like Linux users, for example, who did not have the CSS license and were not inclined to purchase it in order to play DVDs, which this is my DVD. I bought it with my own money. And now I have to pay some license fee to something in order to be able to play it? No, 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 no. So, of course, where there's a will, there's a way. And someone within a few years, uh, a, a few anonymous individuals and one named individual, had came up, come up with a way around CSS, a DCSS, as in a descrambler, essentially, for this code. And that began to get published around on the web and picked up by various sites and published by various people. So, of course, the DVD Copy Control Association, DVDCCA, came along to spoil the party and start suing people for how dare you publish that code. And if you are really interested in it, the EFF has this whole page of all sorts of links to all the court documents and what have you going through this. It's a big voluminous case back and forth and what have you. Um, but basically they were trying to argue that you cannot you cannot post this code which is which breaks the CC CSS copy protection. You can't even link to this code is what they were trying to say. And they were trying to come up with all these ridiculous ways of trying to keep the put the genie back in the bottle. It, it didn't work. Um, long story short, eventually court overturns ban on posting DCSS. And so ultimately it gets overturned and CSS gets broken essentially. And uh, again, there's more court things that happened after that. But there was there was a very, very interesting incident that happened within that whole kerfuffle over DCSS. Another example of interesting ways around censorship. DCSS t-shirts subpoenaed. What? Yes, this is from ZDNet from back in 2000. The DVD Copy Control Association added Copyleft LLC to its lawsuit against websites that posted the source code to a DVD encryption breaking program known as DCSS, charging them with misappropriation of trade secrets. Copyleft, a nonprofit online seller of free software related goods, is the maker of a t shirt that includes the code for the program on the back. <laughs> so, again, there's there's a bigger story here, but essentially, yeah, someone took that code that you can't you can't publish on the internet, you can't link to it even, and put it on a t-shirt so that hey, this is my t-shirt. I'm going around wearing it, and if someone wants to copy down the code from it, does this make me? Does this make me some sort of uh, someone who is actively going out and breaking copyright because I'm wearing this t-shirt? Uh, does that apply? Uh, it, it became an interesting part of the court case, and there's a lot more on it, but you can f find, for example, this uh, August 2000 post on Slashdot. If you can put it on a t-shirt, it's speech, which quotes from some of the testimony in the court case, where the question was, the next item, the DCSS t-shirt, why did you post this on the website, on the gallery? And the answer is, well, this is a photograph of a t-shirt that's offered by sale by an out outlet called Copy left, and I purchased one of those shirts myself. And the point of including it here is it seems to me that there is some confusion among all the parties in this case about whether something is speech or not. And my reaction is, if you can put it on a t-shirt, it's speech. And so the point of showing the t-shirt was to illustrate that and to illustrate that, and also to raise the question, if this t-shirt itself would have to be prohibited 
then I wonder what would happen to me if I wore the shirt in public? Wearing the shirt in public could perhaps be interpreted as engaging in trafficking a circumvention device. So if one really wants to afford the plaintiffs the protection that they seek, I think I would only be able to wear my shirt in the privacy of my own home and must not go outdoors with it. <laughs> a fascinating part of this case. And again, another interesting and expressive and creative way of, in this case, really, throwing the uh, censorship in the censor's face and saying, do you really think this is going to fly? Do you think this is going to work to just simply try to squelch any appearance of this code? Okay, we're going to put it on a t-shirt. <laughs> you going to stop that too? <laughs> anyway, again, take from these examples, not the specifics of any of these particular organizations or what they're talking about, but the overall idea of fun and creative ways of getting around censorship. I think there are some probably more examples that you could point to, and I'd be very interested. Corbett Report members, please log into CorbettReport.com and leave those examples in the comment section at CorbettReport.com. I'd be interested to see them and to hear about them. But also, I think this could probably apply to our current day and age with the current online growing censorship regime, which is often done by stupid algorithmic bots that, as I've pointed out, Ryan Christian at Last American Vagabond, Vagabond has pointed out, they're, they're breaking their own systems in order to try to censor us. And these stupid algorithms that they unleash often are censoring things that are they're clearly not even intending to censor and leaving other things and there are ways around this and there are ways to play with this so i think hey why not guys let's start the new year with something fun and creative does anyone have any ideas for this type of activity i am all ears and i'd very much like to see it or if someone is out there doing this please inform us of your efforts anyway i just thought i would start with something a little bit fun a little bit lighthearted to start the new year. And obviously there is plenty of more material coming out through the Corbett Report feeds through the year 2023. So I would highly suggest if you are not already, you should either sign up to one of the RSS feeds or all of the RSS feeds to stay up to date with the latest postings. Or if you must use email, corbettreport.substack.com is where you can find my email list. Plenty more material coming in the near future. I hope you're there with me for it. I am James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. Looking forward to talking to you in the near future.